This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so fired up to be here with you today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what will be a very exciting edition of Equip. We're going to prepare you for Christmas. We've been doing that all month long. Hopefully, you've enjoyed Advent, the season of building anticipation and expectation for the glorious Christmas morning where we get a chance to unwrap more than just gifts under the Christmas tree, but unwrap uh, a reminder of the fact that the Son of God is coming to the world and celebrate his coming into the world, which really is the most important gift that any of us have have ever been given and hopefully has received. And if you're listening today and you have not received the gift of Christ into your life before it's all said and done today, I want to invite you to do that, to affirm that Jesus is Lord of your life and to give yourself fully to him, surrendered heart and uh, accepting him as your glorious savior. Today, I'm going to also get a chance to remind you of why all of this matters. We're going to look at Rebecca McLaughlin's book, Is Christmas Unbelievable? Have you you gotten your copy yet? You know, if you've not gotten your copy of Is Christmas Unbelievable? I want to tell you, I have given out literally hundreds of copies of this book, uh, not only at my local church, but throughout our community encouraging people uh, to get their hands on it because Rebecca does a phenomenal job in this little uh, Christmas primer, if you will, this little book that is uh, so power-packed, full of content, and answering some of the big questions that many of us are asking and many of our friends and family members are asking, not just of Christmas, but of the Christian story. Was Jesus even a real person? Can we take the Bible seriously? How can we believe in miracles like the virgin birth or the resurrection? And if all of that is true, maybe the fourth question she takes up is the most important. Why does it even matter? We'll talk about that later in our program. But for now, today, we're going to look at the Word of God together. One of the things that I love, love, love about our time uh, together is not just when we interview guests, but when we look at the author of all authors, when we get a chance to look at the Word of God, we're going to do that today. In just a moment, I'm going to be taking you into a message that I preach from Jeremiah chapter uh, 31 on the promise-keeping God that we serve and the promise of Christmas. But before I do that, let me tell you one more time to mark your calendars for a very exciting event. It's coming up on January 12th. January 12th is going to be our next 
Equipper Zoom webinar. This is this this is an event that is uh, so near and dear to my heart. It is an event that we do for our monthly partners that really allows us to gather together in an intimate way to talk about topics that are really important in our culture, really important in the church, and hopefully really important in your heart as well. I'll get a chance to share a little bit about a very critical topic, and then I get a chance to take your questions as well. What's the topic? Well, I'm glad you asked. The topic is Jesus, anxiety, and depression. Maybe even in this Christmas season where so much joy is all around us, you've had a heart full of anxiety. You have uh, experienced that. Maybe you live with that. Uh, Statistically, so many of us do. Maybe you know uh, what it is to live with depression all too well, and you have big questions about, um, Jesus, what did you teach about this? What does the, the Bible have to say about this topic? I would love for you to join us. You can do so if you're a monthly partner by following the instructions that were already emailed to you in your equipper encouragement. But if you're not a monthly partner, it's easy to become one. Just dial the number 888 888- 644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. And become a monthly partner by expressing your generosity to this program. Well, why don't you do me a favor? Grab your Bibles. Go to Jeremiah 31 with me. We're going to talk about the promise of Christmas This is a wonderful message, and I believe you're going to be blessed. Now, what is a covenant? A covenant is a promise, but when it comes from God, it is more than just a promise. It is an eternal commitment that God is making based off of his character. And you see, that's the strength of any promise. Anyone can make a promise, but what makes a promise valuable is the character behind which the person who made it has. Now think about that for just a moment. The reason why we can be confident in what God has promised is because we have a book that has a track record of the fact that God, again, is not just promise maker, he is promise keeper. And we see this starting even in Eden as God makes covenant with Adam and promises that men would reign on earth over having dominion over all of the created things of earth as his representative. But sadly, by the time we get to Genesis 3, what we find is that God kept his end of the bargain, but man failed. But God is merciful, and so Noah comes along, and God restores his promise through Noah. But again, God is faithful, but man fails. And then Abraham comes along, and God promises Abraham, through you I will bless all the families of the earth. And he cuts covenant with Abraham. And once again, God is faithful, but man fails. And maybe you're seeing a pattern here. And that's the pattern that is true for all of human history, not just them a long time ago, but us here today, that God has high moral character, but we oftentimes don't. In a generation that is looking for biblical equality, in a generation that is uh, committed to justice, so many are wondering, where is equality? Well, according to the Word of God, here is where equality can be found. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 100% of us need to be rescued, need a Savior. 
And so God, in his mercy and grace, even after Abraham's failure, cuts covenant with Moses, raises up Moses to be a servant over all of his house, and he promises that this great nation would give birth to a Messiah who would save the world. But once again, Israel fails in spite of all of the promises. And so then God cuts covenant with David and says, through your lineage, lineage uh, David, you are king, but I will establish an eternal king, a forever king. And this is where we find ourselves tonight. Out of all the Christmases you've ever had, what has been the best Christmas? As you think back over your childhood years, or maybe even your adult years, maybe you can think of some great Christmases. I know I can, but I will tell you, no matter what Christmas runs through your mind, there is no Christmas that is greater in its excellence than the first Christmas. You see, the first Christmas, all of human history held its breath, wondering and waiting to see whether or not God would keep his word, and God did keep his word. That baby that was born in a manger over 2,000 years ago was the promised Messiah and the forever king. God made a promise, and he kept that promise, and how many praise God that he does. And every promise of all of the past covenants are yes and amen in Jesus. But today we want to look at this new covenant because in Christ he makes a new covenant for you and for me. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 31. If you have your Bibles, just open them up with me or you can read along on the screen. But Jeremiah chapter 31 and there's a few verses we're going to look at, verses 31 through 34 of Jeremiah chapter 31. And what we're going to see here is that Jesus is your sure thing. He is a sure thing in a world that is full of uncertainty. Jesus is reliable. Jesus is dependable. Jesus is trustworthy. And I know that this year has presented so much unpredictability, economic, political, social, all of these, uh, relational, even physical uncertainty. And as you search for and as your heart longs for something that is certain, he comes gift wrap for us. But gift wrap not in, in gift wrap boxes made of man, but gift wrapped by the hand of God, our sovereign Savior. And why is all of this important? Well, I'm going to give you three reasons why all of this is important, and that's because I'm a preacher and I got to give you three reasons for everything. So the first reason why all of this is important is because if you have not noticed, we are terrible. We are no good at keeping our promises. Look at verses 31 and 32. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Make note of that. And the house of Judah. These were two distinct uh, sections of the kingdom now that have been divided. God is uniting the kingdom and he is renewing his covenant as he speaks to a people through his prophet while they are in exile. He goes on to say, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. Look at what God says about how he treated Israel. Even though they were unfaithful to him, worshiping other gods, he was still faithful and merciful, and he took them by the hand, and he brought them back to himself. 
And even though they deserve to be cut off, he says, I won't cut you off. I will make a new covenant with you. I don't know about you, but that causes me to praise God for his mercy. That even though God is justified, if he desired to cut them off or cut me off because of all of my mistakes or cut you off because of all of your failures, he still chooses to love us still. And he says, I'm going to make a covenant with you, but this covenant is going to be different than the one that I made when I brought Israel out of Egypt. That refers back to the Mosaic covenant. One of the most beautiful things, friends, is when we understand the big story of our Bibles. I know so often, this is true for my church, maybe yours as well, we look at one particular passage like we're doing today under a microscope, and we wonder, like, man, how is this particular passage connected to the broader narrative of Scripture? Well, I love when I get a chance to to explain that connection uh, in my messages, and today is such a message where I get a chance to explain how Christmas, that that first Christmas, if you will, the coming of Christ into the world, how it is prophesied of in the Old Testament, fulfilled in the New Testament, and how Jesus becomes the centerpiece of the great story of God's redemption in the world. And so today we're going to talk about that. We're going to connect some dots, going to help you to understand the big story of God's plan of salvation and where you and I connect to that story. And I know it's going to be a blessing and a benefit for you. So you sit back and you enjoy today's uh, teaching from Jeremiah chapter 31. I'd also love for you to take advantage of these breaks, these short breaks that we're going to have to get to know the program better. If you are new to listening to us, why don't you go to our website, equipradio.org, or connect with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Equip Radio. You can find us there. And this is a great time if you have been listening to Equip to give and support through your generosity a year-end tax-deductible gift. Dial 888-644-4144. Whatever you do, stick and stay. We'll be right back right after this. Hey friends, Chris Brooks here. I want to invite you to join us for our next Equipper Zoom webinar coming up on Thursday, January 12th, right after the program. We'll be talking about one of the greatest challenges facing our children, our relationships, and our society today. That's mental health. Bring your questions and join the conversation as we discuss Jesus, anxiety, and depression. Equippers, look for an email from me with registration details for this free interactive webinar. Not an equipper and want to attend? Well, become a monthly partner by calling 888-644-4144 or online at equipradio.org. 
Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Let me say thank you for your generosity. Uh, you have added fuel to our engine all year long through your prayers and through your faithful financial giving. As we close the year out, your partnership makes it possible. You help us to finish the year strong, but you also are helping us through your prayers, through your generosity, to dream big about the year that lies ahead. We're going to touch more people, reach a generation, take on the tough topics of our culture. You're making that possible. So thank you. And if you haven't given but have been planning to, now's a great time to do that. Dial the number 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. That's 888-644-4144. Or equipradio.org. We've been talking about how our God is the covenant keeping God. And He's made covenant with humanity. And what those covenants are are promises that are all fulfilled in Christ. And I want to show you today how the coming of Christ fulfills His promises throughout the Old Testament into the New both now and in the future, Jesus Christ is our yes and amen. And we're going to talk about that and prove that by looking today at three powerful verses in Jeremiah chapter 31. So if you haven't already uh, done so yet, why don't you join me in Jeremiah 31 as we are looking at verses 31 through 34. And I believe you're going to be blessed. Let's go back into the message, the promise of Christmas. He says, I'm going to make a covenant with you, but this covenant is going to be different than the one that I made when I brought Israel out of Egypt. Now, these covenants are different in a number of ways. I just want to highlight one. In the Mosaic covenant, it was full of conditional clauses. Now, a conditional clause goes like this is that I will bless you if you do what I'm telling you to do, if you uphold your end of the bargain. And if you were to read Deuteronomy chapter 28, what you would see is that uh, verses 1 through 14 tells Israel, if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, he's going to bless you in all of these ways. You'll be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out, blessed in the field and blessed in the country. You'll be blessed everywhere because of God's hand being upon you. But just like any other conditional clause, if you do not hearken to your end of the bargain, pay attention to God's word, obey God's commands, then judgment will come. That was the Mosaic covenant. And the problem is, is that in spite of all of the wonderful things that were placed before them, all the blessings that God had promised them, their character wasn't strong enough to hold them. They continued to break their promises and put themselves in jeopardy of God's judgment. You know, this week has been one of mixed emotions at the Brooks household. On the one hand, because I'm the dad of little kids, it's been a joyous week. You know, for the past 13 days, every day in the morning, I get the same question from my kids, and that is, is it Christmas yet? And the answer every day is, no, you know it's not Christmas, and stay away from those gifts. Keep your hands off the gifts. That's the Brooks household. And you know what? That's the joy of being a child. They love Christmas, and their joy is contagious. But on the other hand, this has been a a week of grief for me, because uh, throughout this week, my wife and I have gotten the news of someone that we love deeply, someone who we 
consider a, a, a really close friend who has had a moral failure. And this moral failure not only has uh, tarnished their reputation, but it has devastated the lives of many who were connected to them. And this has been so grievous to me that last night I found myself, as I was sharing with my wife, uh, in tears. And it just sparked a question in my mind, when was the last time you cried over someone's sins? When was the last time you cried over someone's sins? You know, we've been called to share the gospel uh, with the world, but we can't share the good news if we are not convicted about the bad news. The, the bad news is that we break our promises. We mess up again and again. But praise God, he is merciful. But after I thought of that question, it begged another question, and that was, Chris, when was the last time you cried over your own sin? Lord, break my heart for the things that break your heart and help me to see how desperately in need of a rescuer, of a savior I am. And maybe you're here tonight and you can relate to this pattern with Israel of not being able to keep your word and messing up. You know, I've been watching way too many Christmas movies. Anybody over the last couple of weeks been watching Christmas movies? And you know, this pattern shows up even in the movies. I don't know why Macaulay Calkins' parents keep leaving him every time they go on vacation. Again, again, he's the youngest kid. Why wouldn't they remember him? Or maybe you've watched this, this gripping trilogy called The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Anybody watch that? And you tell the truth and shame the devil. It's okay to admit it. And in this, this, it's the story of this, this dad, this saga of this dad who just wants to be his son's hero, but he keeps blowing it. And that is us again and again wanting to do right. But as Paul says in Romans 7, we keep messing up. But God says this time is going to be different because this covenant is not a conditional covenant. It is an unconditional covenant. It is not based off of your moral character. It is based solely off of my grace. Praise God, friends, that our salvation is not based off of our works or our resume. But how many praise God that it is by grace? grace upon grace upon grace. And this is why we celebrate tonight. This is why we give praises to God for the birth of this baby who would go on to be our forever king, the king eternal. It's because no longer do we have a covenant that is based off of our performance, but this covenant is based off of his character. But why is it that we fail? Why is it that we continue to struggle to keep our word or to live up to our expectations? Well, it's because of what we need most. And verse 33 tells us what we need most. We need a new heart and a new identity. Look at verse number 33. It says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. And uh, after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Here's what God is saying to Israel. You need more than just behavior modification. You, you don't just need laws written on tablets. No longer am I going to give you prophets with laws on tablets, but what I'm going to do is give you a heart transplant. I'm going to give you a new heart. 
I, I don't know what you're hoping will be under the tree tomorrow. And I hope that tomorrow lives up to your expectations. Maybe you're hoping for a PS4 or 5, or maybe you're hoping for an Xbox, and that's just a dancing room, let alone the kids. Or maybe you're hoping like one of those car commercials that your spouse will go out and finance a new vehicle without even talking to you about it. Isn't that wonderful? Right? But I hope you get what you're looking for. But I will tell you this, that there will be nothing under that tree tomorrow that has been gift wrapped with the hands of men that will satisfy what you really need. What you really need is a new heart. And that new heart represents a new identity, but maybe even equally new desires and new appetites. Man, what a perfect reminder, friends, of the big question, we can be changed. The question that so many of us are asking is, can I really be different? Can I have new desires? Can I have new appetites? The fact of the matter is the Bible has already answered that. We can be different. You don't have to want what you've already wanted. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls us to be different. And we're going to talk about how we can experience that in Christ. Many of you have been crying out, Lord, make me new in my heart. Give me new desires. Give me a new appetite. Jeremiah tells us in Christ, this is all possible. Friends, I hope you're rejoicing. It's Christmas time. That means we celebrate that our King and our Savior has come. Stick and stay. Much more to come next time on Equip. On Equip, we tackle the tough issues, and there sure have been many this past year. But we continue to confront them with the relevant biblical truth of the gospel. As we turn to a new year, will you join our Christ-centered approach by becoming an auto-gift monthly partner? Keep Equip on the air in your community and across the nation. Your $30, $50, or $85 a month gift will make a huge difference in this new year. Equip yourself and make a difference for Christ and His kingdom at the same time by calling 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. You know, as we were finishing our last segment of the program, we begin to discuss this big question of can I be changed? Can I be different? You know, this is the time of year where folks, if, if, as soon as they put down the plate from Christmas dinner, are thinking about New Year's resolutions. They are thinking about weight weight loss programs they're going to take up, new exercise regimens, maybe even new financial practices, educational goals that they have, family relational goals. Well, while you're thinking about that, I I want you to understand that the glory of the coming of the Son of God into the world is the fact that we can draw a line of demarcation between who we used to be and who we will be in Christ. Because Jesus has come, I don't have to be who I used to be. I can be someone new now. And this is exactly what Jeremiah is driving home. He is driving home the transformational reality of the coming of Christ into the world, and more importantly, into our lives. It's one thing for me, you, to celebrate that Jesus has come, that the long-awaited Messiah of Israel has come, that God kept his promise to the Jewish people 
and subsequently to the world. It's one thing for us to proclaim that and celebrate that. It's an entirely different thing for us to personalize that in our lives. We're going to talk about this, how the Messiah and his coming into the world is not just a glorious truth for the nations, though it is, but it is also a glorious truth for you and for me. Let's go back into the message, and afterwards, we're going to talk about how we can make Christ personal. Let's listen to this message here in Jeremiah 31, The Promise of Christmas. Every one of us in here knows what it's like in our BC days as we look back on our before Christ days to see the things we used to do and the places we used to go and the things we used to think were enjoyable. And now we look back and say, that was insane. I can't believe I used to do that. Praise God that Jesus rescued me from myself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And what God is convincing Israel of, and what I believe he wants us to understand, is that Israel's greatest enemy was not the nations against them. It wasn't the kingdoms that surrounded them. No, their greatest enemy was within No matter what other strength you think you have, your financial strength or social strength or relational strength, if you have low moral character, it will undermine it all. And what we need, friends, is not just commandments that only lead to failure. What we need is a new heart. But this is exactly what God offers. What he offers through Jesus, what Christmas is all about, is this extraordinary gift that God wants to give to you. Just by faith in him, he is willing to exchange your heart, your current desires, and he will give you new desires. And there are some that are in here now that can testify to the fact that you don't want what you used to want. You don't desire what you used to desire because Christ has come in. He has made all things new. He has changed your heart. You know, I've never been on an organ transplant list. I've never been there. Some of you have been there before. I do know people who have. And as a matter of fact, there's one person in my life who got a new kidney. They went through the process. They were on a kidney transplant list, and they got the call for the new kidney. And it's interesting because you look at their life while they're waiting for the transplant. And man, their life is so difficult as they go through dialysis and nothing in their body seems to function properly. But then they get that call that day that says your kidney is available now for you. And I'm telling you, the difference is like night and day in their physical uh, makeup, disposition, and quality of life. And this is exactly what I have the joy of presenting to you tonight, the fact that every single one of us has been on a heart transplant list, waiting for that call. Well, tonight, for some of you, I get a chance to let you know that the transplant is now available, and God has come through Christ to offer you what you need more than anything else, and that is a new heart. The only question is simply, will you accept the gift that he wants to give you? I pray that you will put your faith in Christ and turn from your sins and recognize, I cannot save myself. I need a heart transplant, and only Christ can do it. 
But I will tell you, even if you get a heart transplant, that does not solve all of your problems and issues. It does set you up for a glorious future. But even if I get a heart transplant, I still have to deal with all of the mistakes that I've made in the past, all of the pain and carnage that have come to the lives of those who were attached to me while I was messing it up, while I was blowing it. Have you ever had this conversation with someone? Have you ever called someone who knew you when you were messing up your life and messing up theirs too, and you tried to convince them, I'm not the same guy, I'm not the same woman, I'm not the same person, I'm different? How'd that call go? The reality is, is that most of them won't forgive you. Why? Because of the pain and the heartache that they are still experiencing. God, I need more than a new heart. And that's why I thank God for verse number 34, because he offers us the total package, friends. He tells us that we have a promise of forgiveness that's secure. Look at verse number 34. He says, and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. My friends, he does not just offer us a new heart. He offers us a fresh start. He says, all of the the sin that you have committed, here's what I am willing to do. I am willing to wipe the slate clean. And I got to be honest with you, there's uh, been many times that I've read this verse, and it still is hard for me to wrap my mind around. It is still hard for me to fathom that the God of the universe who is pure, holy, and righteous is willing to utterly forgive me wipe the slate clean, but that's exactly what this verse is saying, and that is what he offers to you and I. And there are certain moments where you're reading Scripture that you don't have to do the calculus on it. Maybe you don't understand how all of it works. To be honest, I don't even understand how my cell phone works, but that's all right. I don't have to be an engineer to understand all of it, and I don't have to be a a spiritual engineer to understand how forgiveness works. What I do have to do is accept the fact that the God of creation has said to me, I will give you a new heart, and a fresh start. And maybe you're in here today and you need a fresh start. I want you to know that fresh start is found in Jesus. If today you'll just give him your heart, the greatest gift can be yours. You know, I got um, little kids, some children in my home who think the world of their father. And they probably think more of me, more highly of me than what they should You know, uh, my two little boys are like normal little boys, and it seems like whenever I get toys for them or gifts for them, they break the gifts the same day. So let me just say to young parents, get cheap gifts for as long as you can, because they're not going to last. And I remember a few years ago getting my two boys remote control cars, and I'm telling you, it feels like uh, within five minutes they were broken, maybe a little bit more, but it was certainly within that same day. And I remember one of my little sons coming to me and lifting up his car with just this confidence saying to me, Daddy, can you fix it? And me being full of pride said, absolutely, got in my car, drove to the store, got an exact same car and brought it back to him and said, here, I fixed it. 
and I was a hero for the day. Don't, don't look at me like that. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that I'm not good at fixing cars. I'm not good at fixing things. I'm certainly not good at fixing my life, and neither are you. But you know what we can do? We can lift the broken pieces of our lives to the Lord and simply say, Daddy, can you fix it? And he's not like us. He's not limited. He is able to do it. He is able to take the broken pieces of your life and make them new again. He will give you a new heart. He will give you a fresh start if today you will put your faith and your trust in him. So I encourage you to do so today. Put your trust and your faith in him and receive the greatest gift that any man or woman can receive. Praise God. I hope that that message spoke to your heart. Now, I promised you that we were going to talk about how you can personalize all of this because, as I just said, the greatest gift that any man or woman will ever receive is Jesus Christ. So hopefully you're convinced of this convinced of the fact that Jesus is the Messiah, that he checks every box, that he is the one that Israel waited for. He was the one that the scriptures promised and predicted that Christ has come. And if you do believe that Jesus Christ is the one, then there's only one thing left for us to do. You know, there's a great writer from history. His name is Plato, great philosopher of history. And he says this, if Christ has come, then everything else is but a footnote. Every other event of history is a footnote, meaning that it's minor in comparison to the fact that Christ has come. The big thing, friends, is that Jesus has come. And why did he come? He came because he knew that we all needed a Savior. We all need a second chance. We all need to be rescued. You know, I'm the dad of uh, five awesome kids. And one of the things that's cool about parenting is that there are times when your kids will call on you. And there's there's times when, when they say, Daddy, I need you. And it's my opportunity to come to the rescue. Maybe it's to stretch high and grab something they can't grab from the top shelf. Maybe it's to pull them out of something that they've fallen into, but I get a chance to rescue them. Well, in like manner, what Jesus is asking for us to do is to simply call upon him and to say, I need you. I need you to rescue me from this ditch that I've put myself into, or I need you to grab a hold of something I can't grab a hold of myself, namely my forgiveness and my salvation. Jesus can do that for you and me. All we have to do is to repent and believe. To repent means to acknowledge our sin, to turn from it, and to turn to God as our only hope. And and that salvation is experienced when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, that Jesus, you can save me. I believe that. And so if you want to do that today, I want you to just simply pray with me. Say, Jesus, I ask that you would come into my life and be my Savior and my Lord. If you've done that today, praise God, salvation is yours. I got a number I want you to dial. It's 888-NEED-HIM. Peter Miller and our friends over there would love to come alongside you as you take your next step in your journey with Jesus. Dial 888-NEED-HIM, and I'll be right back.
Most Americans celebrate Christmas and are familiar with the nativity scene. But when it comes to actually believing the story of the birth of Christ, many people are skeptical. Maybe you're one of them. I want to equip you with a book that provides compelling evidence for the biblical account of Jesus' birth. It's entitled, Is Christmas Unbelievable? We'll send you a copy with your supportive equip this month. Just call 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I hope you've enjoyed the message that we've listened to today, but I thought I would end by taking up uh, a very important question. If Jesus is a real person, if the Bible can be taken seriously, if you can believe in miracles like the virgin birth, then you still got a question you got to answer. And that is, why does it even matter? And uh, this month I've been featuring a book and it's yours if uh, you want it. You can just dial 888-644-4144. It's called, Is Christmas Unbelievable? And it answers those questions. But Rebecca McLaughlin, who's the author of the book, takes up the question, why does it even matter? And in her answer to that, and my answer to that question, it's because the Chris, the Christmas story, which is the crux of the story of of uh, of Christ, the story of him coming into the world, when you strip away all of the commercialization of this moment, the, the real story of Christmas is that Christ, who is the Messiah, who is the long-awaited one, the promised rescuer of uh, Israel from their sins and consequently the savior of the world. The wonderful thing about the story is that it's not just a good story. It's a historical story. What Rebecca says in this chapter is that it's a true story that actually happened in human history. Now, if you understand anything about human history, one of the things you must agree uh, with is the fact that human history is marked by brokenness, by pain, suffering, and sin. Now, you don't even have to be a Christian to acknowledge that. A brief survey of the history of humankind or, or, or humanity will show you that where we equally agree is that there is pain, suffering, and brokenness on every page. It is stained with brokenness. And so God answers that pain with Jesus. Light shines in darkness is the way that the gospel of John puts it, that Jesus is light and that the light stepped into the world. And praise God for that, that light stepped into the world in order to bring us salvation and redemption. Now, the only question for us in particular is to determine whether or not we're going to put our faith and our trust in him. You know, John chapter 1, verse number 17 tells us, that the only son of the father, Jesus Christ, came into the world to bring light in darkness. The true light, which gives light to everyone, has come into the world, he says. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, it goes on to say, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, praise God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's John chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. Today, I want you to believe. I want you to not only believe, but to act upon the Christmas story. This is what Rebecca McLaughlin takes up in her book, and this is the point of it all. The point of Christmas is that we might act upon it. Christmas is confrontational in as much as it does not just present to us the warm and fuzzies of the moment, but it causes us to say, what will I do about the coming of Christ in the world? You have to answer that. And hopefully your answer will be believe and proclaim that I'm going to let the world know about Jesus. Maybe you need a resource that's going to help you to do that. I highly recommend Rebecca's book, A Gift of Any Amount. We'll send it out to you. Just simply dial the, the uh, number 888-644-4144. Can you do that today? 888-644-4144. Well, friends, I've enjoyed being with you today. We would love to hear from you. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Leave your comments, your questions, your Merry Christmases. We'd love to connect with you there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Also, the website is available to you at equipradio.org. Well, friends, I can't wait till we're together again next time. Until then, Merry Christmas. And remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.